welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. And on the podcast today, we have a different type of topic. Some topics we want to just kind of discover, we want to investigate, and just have fun with it. And today is one of those topics, and today and David is going to introduce that topic to us. All right, Thomas. Burger King's slogan is, have it your way. If you could have dinner with Jesus and three New Testament guests, what would you serve, who would attend, and why? So that's what we're going to be talking about today is biblical dinner guests. Okay, and so one person automatically gets a buy. Did you say who that was? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus has a seat at this table anytime, all the time. He's always welcome. So yes, Jesus is the guest that will always be there. All right. So we so we know Jesus is going to be there. And so the question for my mind, and just to recapitulate here for mm-hmm. our our audience, yeah. is who would you invite to dinner? Yep. What are you going to eat? Yep. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? Why do you want those three guests? We, we, we've got Jesus, and we could spend all evening talking with Jesus, but if we're going to have three other New Testament guests, who are they going to be, and why did you invite them to dinner at your house? But first, let's start it off with, with, with what, what, are you going to, what are you going to prepare? I've got it written down what I'm going to have on my menu. What's on your menu? So when you gave me this, this topic, I thought about it completely different than you did. Okay. (laughs) So we've had a breakdown of communication because I thought I was going to get to sit down with my person individually and I prepared individual meals for the person. Perfect. Let's go. We will. Yes. So as you share each individual, you can tell me the specific meal for that person. That's funny. I did not plan it like that. I, I'm, I ain't going to hog everybody. I'm going to talk with Jesus and everybody there at once. I want to get his input on their lives too. Okay. So, <clears throat> so how I, I was thinking about it, just me and this person yeah, and that's not really good. And not us all really around the same table. I yeah. was, I'm thinking one-on-one conversation instead of a dialogue. My people uh, would probably change if uh, it was going to be a dialogue. Well, I tell you what, let's go with your direction, and I'm going to make the same meal for everybody. Now we're on the same page. <laughs> okay. All right. So my meal is this, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I typically I like to ask this question. I've asked basically everybody at Trinity Baptist this question because I love to learn what makes people tick, and I can get to their favorite meal. My favorite meal to make is breakfast for supper. No doubt about it. I want some thick cut bacon. I want some scrambled eggs. I want some sausage. I want some link sausage. Give me some ham. Breakfast for supper. Biscuits. Gravy. Oh, all of that good stuff. Because you know, whenever you're dining with Jesus, calories don't count. So we're going to throw back and we're going to have a good time eating breakfast for supper. That's what I'm going to serve for Jesus and the three others. So now... Let's go ahead and go with what one of your meals and one of your people. What do you want to do? Okay, so one of the people that I would want <clears throat> is I would want Luke, and I'll tell you why I want Luke. Okay, let me let me okay. begin by saying why I want Luke. Luke is the writer of the third gospel and and the book of Acts. Possibly, you know, I yeah. mean those are those are actually anonymous, but we're pretty sure those <laughs> that was Luke for the gospel of Luke and for Acts. He was an eyewitness to Paul and everything that Paul had done to his preaching to other New Testament events. He was more than likely a Gentile. Mm-hmm. And so if he is, if he is a Gentile, then that means he is the only 
New Testament writer who is a Gentile. Hmm. That's so that's interesting. He was yeah. educated. Yeah. Uh, more than likely, I think he was a medical doctor. He was probably changed in historiography because of that well-written introduction yeah. to the book of Luke. So I'm choosing Luke. And I'll tell you what else made me want to choose Luke. I, I've spent years studying his gospel. Yeah. I've just got finished. This yeah. past Sunday, I just got finished <laughs> preaching through the gospel of Luke, 118 messages. Wow. And uh, I did it for three years. So that wasn't all in one Sunday, you know. Uh, so over three years, I, I got to preach through uh, the book of Luke. Uh you can't get any better than the material that you find in the gospels. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's one of the reasons I did that. So what would I choose to eat? Yeah. Okay. I've told you why I would choose Luke. What would I want to eat for Luke? I picked this. Luke is a sophisticated kind of guy. Oh yeah. He's well-educated. Yeah. He is uh, a medical doctor. So <laughs> check this out. Okay. Yeah. We're eating escargot. Ooh. And Wild rice. Wow, that's fancy. You know what escargot is? <laughs> I do know what escargot Snails. is. I've never uh, had it though. You never ate <laughs> escargot. I'm not a medical doctor. <laughs> okay. So so I have eaten snails. <clears throat> yeah. And it's good. I mean, we're eating kind of light. You don't eat a bunch of snails. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You don't you don't need a bunch of escargot and wild rice because it's 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 a kind of a light meal, yeah. but it's really rich as well. It's kind of like eating duck or something yeah. like that. It's really rich. It's it's swimming in butter most of the time. And yeah. so you're not going to eat a lot of it. And we're pairing it. Uh -huh. Okay. We're pairing it uh -huh. with some lightly flavored water uh -huh. and some good French bread. Some of that bread that's, Ooh. that's crusty on the outside, you yeah. know, that has that crunch to it, but yeah. it's really soft, like a po' boy, yeah. like a po' boy type oh, sandwich man. bread for dessert. We're having key lime pie with a yeah. big dollop of whipped cream yeah. on the top of it and yeah. some robust coffee. And so uh -huh. all of that, because we want to be engaged in conversation. I got you. Because he is an educated person. He's a doctor. He's, he, yeah. he's going to eat light. We're both going to eat light, escargot, the wild rice, yeah. drinking some water, moving over to coffee <laughs> so we can continue dialoguing the whole time. What are we talking about? Yeah. What are you going to talk about? One of the things I want to ask him is why did you include women in uh -huh. your gospel? Uh -huh. Okay, so if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it is clear that Luke has an emphasis on women mm -hmm. and particularly how those women ministered to Jesus. Yeah. Why did he do that? Did he do that based upon his, his Gentile background? Mm -hmm. Did he do that because no one else had done so? Mm -hmm. Did he know, does he know something that we don't know? Uh, but, but we see that this is a, a, a real emphasis in the book of Luke about, um, the, the ministry of women in Jesus's own ministry. And I've always found that very interesting. Yeah. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever noticed that? I, I have noticed that, but I'm not giving as much thought to it as you have. So okay, man, so, that's good. So I've, I've spent three years going through <laughs> yeah. the, the gospel of Luke. All right. So. Another emphasis that Luke has in his gospel that I would want to ask him about is prayer. <laughs> There's a lot of times in the book where, where Jesus would withdraw to pray or, or some type of other emphasis on prayer through the book. Why did he include that 
Mm-hmm. And again, some of my follow-up questions would be the same thing. Does he know something that we don't know? Yeah. Has has he heard something from those eyewitnesses yeah. that would really cause him to emphasize that more so than the other gospel writers? Um, so I just I want to get to the bottom of that. I just want to talk to him back and forth and yeah. and just see what he says and then and then ask another question. Now Again, th- this is about his writings, mm-hmm. mainly because that's how we know him, mm-hmm. you know. And so if you study Luke or if you study Acts, one of the questions, who is Theophilus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would ask him who Theophilus mm-hmm. is. Is this a real name? Is this, you know, just... Uh, yeah. Or is a, it symbolic? Is it symbolic? Well, a lo- yeah. Lover of God is what that yeah, means. that's what yeah. that means. So yeah. is, is it symbolic or is it an actual person? Yeah. Uh, why? Why did you put that in there? Why didn't you include yourself yeah. more like the other epistles? You know, in at the beginning, why didn't you? Why didn't you do it in those ways instead of branching out into these other genres? Yeah. And then one of the last questions that I would really want to ask him would be, what was Paul's preaching like? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So if you're, so yeah. some people would probably say, well, why don't you just ask Paul? Because Paul's yeah. gonna be like. Oh man, it, it it was it was okay. I yeah. mean, but I'm really Second Corinthians or First Corinthians too. I'm not, yeah, not wisdom of words. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm mild. I'm weak. Yeah, Apollos is good. I yeah. mean, Barnabas. Yeah. I mean, he's but such Luke an will tell you the truth. Luke's going to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, Luke's going to tell you, man. I was there when we walked into such and such town, and he yeah. began speaking, yeah. and everyone was captivated. Yeah. Even the Jewish people were captivated and then they became angry, you know, or something. I mean, he's going to be able to tell you because he's going to be looking at it from a completely different perspective. And I, Mm -hmm. I study preaching. That's what I do. And, uh, and so I would, I would talk to him about preaching. Yeah. I don't know. Did, did Luke get to hear other preaching? Did he get to hear Peter's preaching? Mm -hmm. I mean, he wrote about Peter's preaching. But do we ever have it said yeah. that he listened to Peter preach? Right. right. I don't know. And maybe it does somewhere in the book of Acts, but but I bet he heard other preaching as well. Yeah. And so I would ask him yeah. about the preaching that he heard, specifically Paul's. Yeah. You know, I might ask him about John Mark or some other people as well. But yeah. But really I want to know what he thought about Paul's yeah, preaching yeah, that's right. and his ministry. All yeah. right. So that's my that's my one. That's Who, one. Okay. Who is your one? Okay, my number one is is Peter. I would want to invite Peter to this dinner. And in my mind, I've got Peter as one of the dinner guests, but the way we've transitioned to it, just Peter one-on-one, man, it would be fantastic. So many preachers identify with Peter because we are people who occasionally put our feet in our mouths. That's who we are as preachers. It happens. We get halfway into an illustration. We say, oh no, I pulled a Peter. Uh, How and why did I say this? Oh man, it's just (laughs) terrible. And, and I identify so much with Peter. There are, there there are, there are three questions, three primary questions. I really want to ask Peter, Peter, after 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 the the, the crucifixion of Christ, um, why did you go back fishing? I go 
fishing. Uh, Peter, it looks like to me you were, you man, you're on the verge of giving up. Now, I do think that is, that's, what's, that's, that's before the, the breakfast confrontation. So I, there are some issues, and I think he was on the verge of giving up. Peter, Peter, were you on the verge of giving up? And did you reverse disciple those other guys who went with you? Did you lead them astray? I'm going fishing. I'm quitting on this ministry. Boys, why don't y'all quit with me? Is that the underlying tone of this, I am going fishing once again? So I want to talk with him about what all happened right there on the on the on that first. I I I'm I'm returning to my old lifestyle. Um, number two, Peter, Peter, when you were up on that rooftop, man, when you were up on that rooftop and that heavenly table sheet from on high came down and there were all manner of beasts and the Lord spoke to you said rise kill and eat not so Lord I've never met you remember that passage Peter what was it like to be able to say whatever age you were if you were 50 Lord for 50 years I've done this but if you're really calling me to rise kill and eat so be it what was it like to have a conviction for every bit of your life to then say, Christ, I will follow you. Now, we know you went down, knocking on the yeah. door was a servant, and then the the Gentile door was open. We understand it, but in that split second, when you didn't know why God was wanting you to rise, kill, and eat, why did you follow him faithfully? You know where I thought you were going to go What's with that? that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, after 50 years, what was it like to taste bacon for the first time? I mean, that's, right. that's got to be a great, yeah. that's got to be, oh man, what is it? I've been waiting. I've been wasting yeah. my whole life not eating this stuff. <laughs> not right eating here. bacon. That's right. That's right. All right. My my third reason why I want Peter, the third topic I really want to discuss with Peter is all right. I go fishing. Jesus on the shore. Uh, Peter re- recognizes this Christ as they are docking the boat. Peter swims to the shore. He has some time. Is it five minutes? Is it 25 minutes before the ship is docked, the boat is docked, and the others join him for the breakfast? Um, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. We know that three times repeated. We, we understand the agape and the phileo love difference there in the, in the original Greek. But this is what I, this is what I want to ask Peter. Peter, I know you are a you are a you're a leader of men. You're a fisherman. You're a tough guy. You pull the sword. You cut the servant's ear off. Peter, you are a a a hard man. When it look, looking at the world, Peter, you you I think you have a leathered face and you have scarred hands from manual labor. You're a tough guy, but you experience failure. I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. You experienced failure, and then you were slapped in the face with forgiveness. Peter, do you even really love me as a brother? Mm. Oh, I do. Peter, from the point of failure and forgiveness for the rest of your life, did that change your attitude toward forgiveness? And I think he would say, yeah, it did. Man, I noticed I was just like everybody else. I'm I'm a sinner and need a forgiveness. And I think that failure forgiveness dance that he did with Christ— affected his attitude forever. And so that's my number one, Peter. I want to hang out and talk with Peter. Who's that's your good. number two? Yeah, my number two is is not going to be long because we don't know much about this person. Yeah, My number two is the centurion who was at the cross 
<laughs> okay, so why? Obviously, the centurion was a firsthand witnesses, a witness to the events of Jesus' death. Who knows? He may have even been there for the arrest. He may yeah. have been there for the beatings and the mockings. He may have been one of the people who took the scepter and struck Jesus over the head or slapped him or yeah. put the crown of thorns on him. I, who knows what all this guy was involved in? But we do know, according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, <laughs> that he was there when Jesus died. And then, according to Mark 15, he says, truly this man was the son of God. And even one of the events that he saw was, was the, the, you remember when Jesus died, that people out in the graves were resurrected yeah. and they walked into the yeah, city. They so, did. Okay. Watch so out. That's who, that's who I would want to invite. I've told you why. Now let me tell you what we would have to eat. Yeah. yeah remember I'm doing yeah, that's right. a little bit okay. different. That's so, okay. All right. Yeah. We're eating hamburger and fries. Ah, now why hamburger and fries? Because this guy is from the working class, ah. but he's from the upper working class. Uh -huh. So he's going to be a guy who works during the day, yeah. but he's, he's, he's over a hundred people, right? He's yeah, a centurion. Right. He's, that's he's a right. boss. He's going to be working. He wants something substantive. Yeah. He wants a, a yeah. burger, yeah. but He's, he's a boss of 100 people, so we're eating gourmet burger. Ah, from we're, where? Or are you going to make this yourself? We're going to make it ourselves. Okay. We're going to get us some uh, Wagyu beef, yeah. you know, that's really good. <laughs> we're going to mix it ourselves so yeah. it has the right amount of lean and fat to it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to add some some good stuff. We're going to add some Munster cheese. Oh. We may add some, I don't know. Yeah. We may go uh, mug shot to grill yeah. and then some, put some peanut butter or some pepperoni yeah. or I don't know, something like that. But we're going to have yeah. uh, hamburgers and fries, steak fries, yeah. the big steak fries yeah. with a lot of sea salt, salt on them. Yeah. Yes. We're drinking blueberry lemonade. Ooh. Blueberry yeah. lemonade with just the right amount of sweetness and tartness to uh -huh. it. And for dessert, we're having uh, can i I'll come put, over to that dinner I, i'll put a lot of thought into this okay and for dessert we're having uh a fudge brownie uh -huh. with vanilla ice cream yeah with some drizzle of caramel and oh. nutella oh, oh, oh man oh he's so, so, going to die and go back to heaven it's so good yeah. <laughs> because he's a working guy i mean yeah. you, you, if you're yeah. going to invite a he's working a guy man. like that and so so I think that's what he would probably want. And yeah. so that's what I would want. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hungry now just thinking about it. <laughs> Let's forget this podcast and go yeah. get something. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so what are we talking about, though? I mean, we don't know a lot about this guy. And so obviously, yeah. I would want to know about his name. I'd want to know his background. I'd want to know, you know, if he's married, you know, mm -hmm. all of those types of things. But then I would really want to know what exactly did you see? Mm -hmm. What were you there for? Mm -hmm. Because in the different translations, it says that, you know, one talks about the, the resurrection of the dead and the other one mentions him immediately after the temple, mm -hmm. the veil in the temple is yeah. torn. And so what exactly did you see on that day yeah. that would make you say truly this was the son of God? I, I would really want to know that. Then, mm -hmm. then I would want to know. What did you do with the dead people? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Let, let's think about this. There are, Jesus has died. Yeah. And 
these people are resurrected yeah. and walk back <clears throat> into Jerusalem. That's right. What did you do with them? Yeah. I mean, this has got to be a security issue, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, this is the un- this is the undead now, we see. Yeah, this is the walking dead. So what's going on? Were people sharpening their broom handles? I mean, what? Zombie apocalypse! I mean, I mean seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what? He's a centurion, so he is over security. He is over the city. I mean, he's going to be over 100 people. And so, hey, I saw that guy get crucified (laughs) two weeks ago. I put him, I I stuck him, I broke his legs. Yeah, yeah. I know he died. He's dead. And he's walking. He is walking. Yeah. What did you do with those guys afterwards? Okay. And so, you know, after that, after some. Some levity, some joking. I, uh, I would probably ask him, "Did you get saved?" Yeah, you know, yeah. you say truly he was the Son of God. Oh, but even demons know the truth of the gospel to some extent. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I, I would that's want right. to know how how was your life changed uh-huh. after seeing Jesus die on the cross? How did your life change after mm-hmm. seeing those dead people resurrected? Yeah, was there a change? Yeah, how did it change? Yeah. Um, and then, then I think my last question would be for him, since he's, he's a centurion, Mm -hmm. three days, Mm -hmm. Jesus has been resurrected. Mm -hmm. What was it like in Jerusalem? Wow. Because again, I'm thinking security. And so was, was Pilate, did Pilate Mm -hmm. call all of the guards in? Yeah. Because he had. Yeah. He basically gave the order for Jesus to die and now Jesus has been resurrected. That's right. Is he afraid? Uh-huh. What uh-huh. what is the what is the feeling and the atmosphere of Jerusalem at the time with all of these events happening? Yeah. With with the news of disciples coming back from Emmaus saying, We've walked, we've yeah. walked with we've yeah. walked with Jesus. He's, He's alive. alive. So so how is Jerusalem changed within the few hours after yeah. the resurrection and the days and and as yeah. these appearances of Jesus are happening all over the place. What what's it like during yeah. that time? That's yeah. what I would ask him. Man, I like it. I like it. All right. My number two person is the author of Hebrews. The author of Hebrews. Okay. Now I don't first question is uh, hey, who are you? Uh who who are you? What's your name now? I think the author of Hebrews is either Paul or a close associate of Paul because I'm not a liberal. And so that's who I think it is. But who is it? So so if it's Paul, of course it will take it in different directions. So I'm not gonna take this question as in stating for sure this is Paul. I do think it's either Paul or a very close associate of Paul. But the one thing I want to do that really, really, really just two questions. There are two questions. After I know who this person is and I'm able to talk with them a little bit once I know their identity, the number one question I'd like to ask is what was it like to write Hebrews 11? What was Mm. it like? Thomas, you're, you're a pastor. For those pastors who are listening to this podcast, you know what it's like as a pastor to hit a home run. Every Sunday, every Sunday, we'd like to hit a home run. Every message, we want it to be spot on. But sometimes just, I bunt. Sometimes you <laughs> bunt. <laughs> well, that's all I got this week, folks. <laughs> but but every now and then, we'll get up there and 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 it resonates with the people. The people are on the edge of their seats. They are listening. They are they are with us. They are experiencing this message exactly the way we want them to, and it is fantastic. I think. Hebrews 11 
is 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 one of the most poetic parts is waxing eloquent he is in his element inspired by the spirit flowing through his pen and it is spot on it had to feel good so you don't think the writer of Hebrews was Priscilla. I don't think it was Priscilla. I'm saying he. <laughs> if know, anybody, it was Aquila. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd want to follow that by saying, so what was the most difficult part of writing Hebrews? Was it difficult? Did you? Did the Lord allow you to know that your name was never going to be associated with it? If it's not Paul, did it hurt your feelings knowing that many for centuries people have written the epistle to the Hebrews in parentheses by Paul? Did it hurt your feelings or, or man, are you such a humble person that that never affected you? You couldn't have cared less if your name was ever attached to it or not. What was the most difficult part of pinning this book that has no author? So that's yeah. what I would want to ask the author of Hebrews, whomever that's, he may be. That's good. And just, <clears throat> Just because I'm interesting, it really doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> with our subject. Um, do you do you think Hebrews is uh, epistle? Oh, or could it be another genre? Oh, it very well it very well could be because you made it you made it sound like and you did say it was an epistle, and I think we do categorize mm-hmm. it as an yeah. epistle. But you made it sound like it was dis disjointed what Uh, was it like to write hebrews 11 uh Uh, so i'm just oh i don't know i've not thought about this i think it's a a sermon yeah you 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 think it's a sermon i think it's a sermon that somebody preached yeah yeah Uh, i think i mean he whoever it was he could have written it down or somebody could have listened to it but i think it's a sermon because of the way it reads it makes and and the flow of thought it sounds more like a sermon to me. I think it's a sermon yeah. more than epistle. And so, that makes sense. Do, do Would you agree that it's Paul or a close associate of Paul? Yeah, it's got to be someone close to a Paul. I don't think it's Paul. Uh-huh. If you're saying if it's an epistle, then mm-hmm. I'm saying it, it's not Paul. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there's there are similarities, but there are differences as well. And Paul says, I write every one of my letters like this. And yeah. his name's not in it anywhere. Yeah. There's no... There's no shout out section, you yeah, know, to some like of his favorite does. favorite people, uh, and so if you're saying it's a sermon by Paul, I, I could hmm. I could go with that. Okay, now you could get down to the bottom of our. If I didn't have this person at my dinner, whenever you met sermon. with Luke, Luke, did you ever hear Paul preach the sermon of Hebrews? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, Luke, uh, tell me about that sermon Paul preached one time. Did, didn't it say something about a great? cloud of witnesses. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? <laughs> uh, but, all right, now, could Luke be the penman? Could Luke be at my I don't table? Think so. you, you, you don't think it's I Luke? Don't, okay. I don't think Luke is the writer <clears throat> of Hebrews because mm-hmm. who, whoever it is has a... Now, Luke could have a really strong knowledge of mm-hmm. Judaism, Yeah, uh, but whoever is writing Hebrews knows a lot about Judaism. That's like, right. Almost From the inside ex- out. experiential type knowledge that they've yeah. lived through something and they they're they're retelling some history along with it. Now Luke does that. Yeah. Luke, part of what Luke does in the book of Acts is he connects the the Old Testament paradigm of history and how God is working in history to the New Testament yeah. in the book of Acts. That's what he's doing. He's yeah. he's continue it's a continuation of what the the prophets and the others were doing by saying God is working in history. And then Luke is that for the new Testament. 
So, so Luke could have done that, but mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it was Luke. I got you. Who's your number three? My, oh, my number three is John, uh-huh. the writer of John, uh, the writer of the gospel of John. Uh, basically he is, he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's the writer, I believe of the gospel of John first, second, and third John and revelation. Yeah. He was close to Jesus. I mean, he was the disciple who was leaning against Jesus, you know, when they ate. So what are we eating? Yeah. What you going to eat? We're eating barbecue. Barbecue. You know why, right? I mean, this I sure guy do. was a Jew. <laughs> through and through. <laughs> and now he can eat whatever he wants. Yeah. Dude, I'm introducing him to some barbecue. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if we would necessarily go... With like Memphis yeah, dry Memphis rub, yeah. you know, dry yeah. barbecue, or if we might go with some Carolina type yeah. barbecue, we might even mix it up some and uh-huh. go with some uh, some barbecue that's taco style with some jalapeno uh, okay. coleslaw, some yeah. spice to it, yeah. maybe some corn with some spice to it on yeah. the side. Uh, I'm a I'm a big lemonade fan, so we'll go uh-huh. with some lemonade to keep a Caribbean type feel uh-huh. to it. I don't I don't know, but but we're eating something that that dude couldn't eat before. Yeah. My other option might would be a gourmet BLT. Ah. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm Never giving him something with some pork. That's right. Know, yeah. Or some catfish, maybe. Yeah, yeah some catfish. Yeah. That guy had never ate catfish, yeah. as far as we know. <laughs> he would love it. Yep. Yeah. Or shrimp. I might <clears throat> give him some shrimp or crab or yeah. something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but something yeah. he's never ate before. So yeah. that's what I would do. And basically, what I would want to talk to him about is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know many people would probably want to talk to him about Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would have a few questions, but my main point would be the gospel, because I love the gospel. Yeah, I, I really love that gospel. I, it's yeah. a toss up between Luke and John when it comes to the gospels. Yeah, because John is so different than the rest. John, why did you write only set about seven miracles in the book? Why did you pick those seven? I think I know why. We, we interpret it in ways that he is answering man's need by, by those seven miracles. And uh, so, but I would ask him, mm-hmm. I would want to know how much education he has. Yeah. With Luke, you read it and you're like, okay, he, he's highly educated. John, on the other hand, he has very simple language, light, dark. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very simple writing as well, but his themes, the rhetoric that he uses, the inclusios that he uses, I mean, it is well advanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so even though he's writing very simply, he is communicating deep. A lot of people will say, well, a new believer, I tell them to read the gospel of John. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, well, that's great because of the language, but then I think to myself as well, man, there is a lot of theological underpinnings that that are happening in that. And so uh, I, I would want to know, how much education, how did you learn to do this? Yeah. I mean, we, ought, we know that he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but, but we do believe that God used their own personalities, 
their own writing styles, their own vocabulary. It wasn't dictation in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I, we would describe it as verbal plenary. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. every word every is word fully inspired. inspired. Uh, so I'm asking him about <clears throat> the gospel. Why seven signs? Why seven I am statements? Yeah. How did you organize all of that? Why did you do it like that? Yeah. I might would ask him, hey, is that, <laughs> I started to say something. Now I'm thinking maybe should I say it? Uh-huh. You know? There are some people who believe that the 21st ch- uh, chapter is not original. Uh-huh. They call it the long ending, uh-huh. the long ending of John. And so I would want to ask him, Hey, did yeah. you write that? Yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. Did, did you write the long ending or did you stop at the short ending? Uh-huh. You know? yeah. why, why you got two conclusions at uh-huh. the end of your book? You know? Yeah. And so I, I would ask him those things. But then I would also ask him uh, Gnosticism. Mm -hmm. Gnosticism is a big movement within the the second century. Mm -hmm. And they used the Gospel of John Mm -hmm. to undergird a lot of their theological presuppositions along with 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and revelation they use john's writings and there's a there's a joke a lot of scholarship talks about a johannine school Mm -hmm. and out of this johannine school they say they kind of moved in different ways there's this idea of gnosticism that comes out of that i would want to talk to him about gnosticism and his his book and just say, tell me what you think about yeah, it. Is, yeah. Did you mean for them to to, to come away? This. Yeah. And and I just want to hear his response and see how I feel like uh-huh. he's his son of thunder, right? <laughs> right I mean, that's I, I feel like he would probably blow up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like he'd be like, they did what? <laughs> what did they do? Where are they at? Let's go over to Johannine School. I'll show them Johannine School. Let me go get my yeah. brother. We're going to take care of this. You know, that's how I think yeah. he would, <laughs> he would react to it, but I don't know, but I would want to talk to him yeah. about that because it happens. You yeah. know, we say something, we write something, people take it out of context. Yeah. I believe that's what happened with him. I know that's what happened with him. And yeah. so I, I want to know, how how would you respond to this? Yeah. And what would you do differently? No, would you change anything knowing how they would use it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, there's a part of me that says, well, theologically, I, that, that couldn't happen because the Holy Spirit inspired. That's right. That's right. But, but there's also, you know, the Holy Spirit inspired. He allowed uh, them to use their own words. He yeah. allowed them to use their own sentences, their own their yeah. own way of talking. So, w- would you change yeah. something so that those those no conflicts that confusion yeah. doesn't happen? Yeah. Later on, if I could be invited to that dinner table with you and John, I would want to ask one question. You know my theory on this. In the book of Revelation, in the opening chapters, John has correspondence with one of the 24 elders. Uh, The 24 elders, most will say, are 12 representatives of Israel and 12 representatives of the New Testament age of grace. If the 12 New Testament representatives are that, it would be most likely the apostles, or most people say the apostles, minus Judas, plus Paul or whomever, And what we would do, what I would like to ask him is, the elder that you talked with, 
Was it you? Was it glorified you and you didn't even know it? Because the glorified you was so different from anything you had ever seen or experienced. So if That's I could ask that one question, yeah. I don't want to ask him that. So now we're we're down. You've covered your three guests, I Jesus plus done. three. I'm All out. right. Let me quickly <laughs> cover my third guest, Mark, uh, John Mark. That's who I that's who it would be. I would ask him, number one, what caused the split? What caused the split between Paul, Paul and Barnabas? What what's up? What's up? What happened? What caused the split? Number two, how close were you to giving up? How close were you to giving up on the faith? We know you stopped the work of the ministry. How close were you to giving up on the faith? Number three, we often hear this said, well, that person just reached a point of no return. It's the opposite for Mark. He reached a point of return. Mark, what was your point of return? Was it Peter? We're pretty sure that Peter had influence on you and your ministry and your gospel writing. Uh, what was the point of return in your life? Thomas, I tell you what, man, we have had such a good time hey, before, discussing this. I, I can tell Go you're ahead, buddy. to close it out, yep. but I, I got a question for Mark. Yes. What's your question? Were you the naked guy? Of course he was. <laughs> He's the naked guy. Yeah. Are you, are you the naked guy that runs running? Dude, yeah. I don't even care about that cloak. I'm out of here. Yeah. It ran away naked. That was Mark. Absolutely. <laughs> it's me again, Margaret. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> oh, okay, you can go ahead and close All it right, out. Now. So we have had so much fun discussing our dinner preferences and our guests along with Jesus, and one of these days we need to break down exactly what we would ask Christ over supper. Join us again on our next Ministry Marks podcast.